Mackenzie Thurkill, formerly of sports radio station 1010XL and now the sideline reporter for the Orlando Magic, was like many of us in that she grew up loving sports. Only she knew from a very early age that she wanted to do it professionally. Flash forward to adulthood and this girl's hustle is one that I deeply admire. In collaboration with Void Magazine, I interviewed McKenzie along with other women in sports media who have Jacksonville ties for a story dubbed Females Talking Routes and Getting Paid to Do It. Yes, that's a playoff Panthers quarterback Cam Newton's infamous comments back in 2017 about women working in sports media, which we hope to change with interviews like this. You can catch this full editorial, which debuts in Void Sports September issue with bonus video and podcast interviews that we used for the story. In this interview, Mackenzie details her life growing up as a sports fan, getting involved in sports media, and the challenges she faces in this ever-evolving industry. And so for, for those of you who, who might just be joining us, this is Mackenzie Thurkill, and she is now the host and sideline reporter for the Orlando Magic. And so I know you had some time here in Jacksonville, specifically with morning radio on 1010XL. So how did you how did you first get started covering sports? With, is it with 1010 or did you have another previous gig? No, it's actually really funny how it happened. So my senior year of college, I was kind of at this point where I was like, I always wanted to cover sports, but it's my last semester. Like, how do you break into sports? Because that's I think that's the toughest part is just getting your foot in the door. And so I was just, this was January. And so I was just like kind of scouring the web, looking for jobs, go on Craigslist. (laughs) The sketchiest ad where it's just sports reporter looking for assistant, works out of house, has a book coming out, must be okay with cat and dog. Send resume (laughs) and experience. And at this point I was just blogging about Florida and Florida state football, like wasn't getting paid, just kind of doing it for fun send off this email the way it was described and get a response within 20 minutes. And it was Christy Dosh. Oh, wow. Nice. So, and you know, Christy, Christy at the time was working for ESPN. She was one of their sports business reporters next to Darren Ravel. And she sends me this long email. She's like, hi, my name's Christy. I work for ESPN. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. gosh, (laughs) And so we had a phone conversation, met for lunch. And then next thing I know, I get hired by her and I'm her communications manager slash assistant helping her with her book tour because she at this time was just now promoting her book and it was business of college football essentially. So that's kind of, that was my in and through her, I met everyone at 1010. She took me to sec media days and that's really kind of how the ball got rolling And then she left ESPN. I was kind of floundering around for six months. And then Frank Frangi remembered me and was like, hey, I kind of, he was like, just for laughs, I want to try you out in front of camera because that was always the end goal. But Mm. in my head, I was like, how hard is it going to be to get in front of a camera? Like I didn't even do that in college. Like I came more from just your regular mass communications, PR marketing background. So went in front of camera, it was really awkward like if I could still find it and I talk to Marcel and you know Marcel right right and every all the time he's like I he's like I think I might still have it because it was just bad so bad oh ended up long to make a long story short ended up interning at 1010 which then evolved into me working there and actually getting paid which then turned into me doing stuff for the CW which was like their weekly 1010 at 10 and then it kind of just progressed 
And so how did you, where, where did your passion for sports first come from? Usually, you know, if it's a daughter situation, it usually comes from your father or was it your mother? How did you first get involved with a sort of sports? It's actually funny. Neither of my parents are big sports junkies. <laughs> they grew up playing sports. My dad grew up playing soccer. My mom like would play sports like here and there, but it was actually my neighbors. So when we moved down huh. to South Florida, when I was six, our neighbors who pretty much would watch me, they're almost like another set of grandparents to me. They had season tickets to the Miami Dolphins, the Marlins at the time, the Panthers, the Heat. Like they just pretty much took me in as their grandkid and they were the ones who really introduced me to sports. And it was just one of those things like I absolutely fell in love with it. And so how did, when did you know that you wanted to, to make it a career? It was actually them that recommended it to me. So I was that kid in like second, third grade that was, in the upper bleachers at the Marlins game with all the old geezers who had the headsets on listening to the radio <laughs> broadcast while they were sitting there statting. And I was just retaining all this information of stats, keeping up with these guys who had been watching baseball for years. And they were the ones who were like, wow, you should really get into sports reporting. And I was like, Oh, okay. And so I always grew up saying like, I'm going to be a sports reporter, not, knowing how serious that was going to be. But in the back of my head, I was like, mm, that's something I could probably do because I love watching sports. I know what I'm talking about. Mm. I played sports. And funny enough, it kind of came to fruition. And so you started off with uh, professionally, I guess, getting paid at 1010 doing radio. Yeah. How difficult was the transition to get into on camera? Because then you, you moved on from 1010 to the Orlando City Soccer Club. Yeah. So how did you make that tradition from radio to TV or was it a natural transition for you? I, so I was doing stuff at 1010 and every day I would go into the CW when all those guys would do their 1010 at 10 and I would just go in and whatever script they were reading, I would just read it. And I was just, it was honestly just getting reps. Hmm. That was the biggest thing was just getting reps. And at the time we had a high school football show that we were doing. So I would do stuff for the high school football show, whether it was just like interviewing a coach or whatever. And that's really how it started. And then Roger Hoover, who's the play-by-play for the Suns, now the jumbo shrimp at the time, the Suns, he came to me and was like, Hey, we need someone to just be our sideline reporter. And it, looking back on it, it was awful. Like even when I look back at my first year at Orlando city, I was like, Oh my God gosh like I had no idea no idea what I was doing but it's it's really the biggest thing and I always tell people this it's getting reps in yes it's all about getting those reps in because any and it doesn't matter what creative field sort of you're in whether it's video whether it's radio or writing I go back and I read stuff from from five years ago or two years ago even and I'm like god I'm a terrible writer why does anybody (laughs) even follow my stuff but you need that in order to sort of grow. And, and, and speaking of growing, you recently announced that you're you're joining the Orlando Magic as the host and, and sideline reporter for that team. So how do you sort of switch gears when going from covering national topics to one team and then switching sports altogether? It was tough going from, for me at least, going from 1010 where on radio I could give my opinion. If there was breaking news, I could say something. And then I went to Orlando City and I kind of came in with that same demeanor. I was like, oh, I'm the team reporter. Like, I get to see everything before anyone else. Like, I get to break this news. Mm. And they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, you don't. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> like but I'm the voice. So it that was, a, that was a tough transition for me at the beginning because it wasn't my news to break. Because mm. now at that point, I represent the team. I'm part of this bigger machine. And so you kind of 
learn your boundaries. I know with Orlando City, and it's just a league thing, so each league is different by the manners in which news, their media or the team itself can break. Hmm. And MLS is still such a new league that they're very, they try to keep everything under wraps as much as possible. Hmm. So going into the magic, I kind of told them that I was like, Hey, like, this is what I became accustomed to with Orlando city. And they were like, Oh no, we want you to like, not necessarily break stuff. Like I have to get the approval first. If you see something like say it, like you don't have to worry about kind of walking, teetering this line of, Oh, am I going to get in trouble if I say the wrong thing? Or am I allowed to say this? So it's honestly just learning who your company is and what the right. is. But it's definitely, of course, you want to be that person to break the news because that's how you get your following. That's how you see like the big ESPN personalities get their following because they're breaking news and that's what people want to know. So at the end of the day, I'm not in the business to break news. I'm just in, I'm just reporting what I'm allowed. So we'll see what happens. this season. Well, definitely that that's definitely a good perspective to have because I've always, I've always given my opinion. So in order to, I would imagine that would be a tough transition to go into a role where you have to sort of be, you are working, the team is cutting your check. And so you yep. gotta, you gotta protect where that check comes from. And so switching gears a little bit, going into more of the, the industry role, we'll start off with a couple of fun questions, but then go into like some more serious topics. But for a woman, especially that's in front of the camera, looks are a big part of of it. So if you are headed off for a game day, what is in your sports media bag, like your survival kit? Oh gosh, it's pretty much. So I have like always keep a hairbrush. I always keep my makeup bag for touch up. The biggest thing for me is like translucent powder. Yes. <laughs> because especially in Florida, it's so humid and I'm naturally really oily. So even like I like working for Orlando City when I'm sitting on the pitch and it's 95 degrees out on a Saturday night like my face is just (laughs) like so I think that's just the biggest thing is hairbrush hair ties if I start getting really sweaty and translucent powder do you what's your one go-to like makeup outfit hair care product that you cannot live without Ooh, honestly it's the urban decay like yes (laughs) that is like every single day I have to put that on I keep a mini bottle in my purse. Or you'll see like the lines of like the separation of my makeup and it's not, it's not cute. No, one. it's not. It's, it's terrible being, especially like, not terrible, but it's sort of it comes with the territory when you're a woman, you know, covering sports. I always wonder how the cheerleaders on the sidelines, especially in this Florida heat, keep their hair and makeup looking good. I, I it's, it's a, it's, it's a natural or I guess a wonder that I, it, I would imagine setting spray is, is the go-to for, for a lot of women that are in uh, this yeah. field. Oh, I'm still trying to figure it out. Cause if you look at, like, that's the one thing I'm so excited for with the magic's like, Oh my gosh, I'm <laughs> in the AC now because two and a half years at Orlando city. Like you, if you look at my reel, I start off really good. And then by the end, it's like, just like frizzy, like you get rained on and you just look like a dog pretty much like the hat is your, it becomes your best friend oh yeah I that's the one thing this year I learned like as soon as it rained I was like ball cap screw it I do not care <laughs> not care so going into more of the I guess the serious angle of, of the industry what's the most challenging situation that you've ever been put in and how did you overcome it I think I'll kind of answer this in two ways. As a woman, I know you see a lot of like the whole facing adversity, especially with like a male audience, like they'll say things you see. I'll take Sam Ponder, for example, if you look through her comments during football season, it's like, go back in the kitchen, like, go make a sandwich, whatever. 
Luckily, I have not faced that. <laughs> um, I think as a woman in sports, and you hear so many of us say it, you do have to prove more of yourself as opposed to your male counterparts. You have to know what you're saying to earn the respect, especially of your coworkers, because there is still maybe that double standard amongst the older generation. Well, oh, she's a female. Mm. She didn't play football. Like, how does she know what she's talking about? Um, I think for me, the biggest thing, though, is just waiting to get that break. I think that's Mm. always been the toughest part for me because you look at, I know for me at least, like, I follow a lot of women in the industry and you see women who are sometimes younger than you, who are in a higher position than you are or on a national stage. And you're just like, how did she get that job? And like, I didn't like, not that they're not good for the job, but it, it can get in your head a little bit Sure. where you're just waiting for that break. And then you sometimes will start self doubting yourself. Like so many people are trying to do this and there's only limited spots. Like, am, am I going to get there? And I think that for me, is like always been the toughest part is just trying to be like, all right, you know what? You actually are here because I've always told myself at the end of the day, just get to regional, just get to a regional network. And now I'm working for like, I'm doing stuff for Fox Sports Florida. And now that I'm here, I'm like, okay, well, maybe if I got here, I can get to a national. And then I'm like, no, 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 just take it in stride. Sure. Definitely. So, and especially with, with women in, in sports media that traditionally or historically, they've always been sort of put in the sideline role and, and you have experience with, with sideline and giving your opinion. So how do you sort of, you know, walk or, or tread that line of, of not giving an opinion or do you feel more comfortable just reading the news? Like what's sort of your stand on it? Yeah. With Orlando city. So I was hosting pre-game, post-game show, those each in itself were 30 minutes long. So at first it was very me just doing the basic setting everyone up, passing it off, like here, give your opinion. And then as soon as I became more comfortable with my own voice, that's when I would kind of go in. But I very much like doing reporting. Like I, I was kind of able to figure that out more so this year is that I genuinely like reporting what things are. Like I, do I feel like I could give my opinion? Yeah, I can give my opinion, but, and some people are great at it. Like you are one of those people, like you give your opinion. I'm like, yes, like, <laughs> thank you. but there's, but you know what I mean? Like I, I'm very much okay being in the reporter role, but I totally respect the women like Rachel Nichols. She is phenomenal yes. at giving her opinion. And I'm always like, man, I wish I could be that eloquent in giving my opinion. And sometimes I just don't think that I am. So I just don't do it. Yeah, it's like Rachel Nichols and, and Mina Kimes, I, I think, are the best in the industry about giving an educated opinion yeah. and, and base it in facts. And it's not necessarily clickbait or, or, or something that they're just, you know, trying to, to rile up the trolls. But but when you do give your opinion, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier, it, 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 do you ever face situations where, where the trolls sort of come after you? Or or is it a situation where it's almost like people don't want to mess with me? Because that, that's that's... that's Nine times out of 10, people don't want to mess with me. So I I wonder if it's the same for you. Yeah, you definitely. I mean, especially on social media, everyone has a stage to give their opinion. I know, I can't remember his name, but I remember a lot toward the back end of last year with Orlando City, there was a guy who always was trolling me. And on our post-game show, I was like, oh, yeah, Steph Hines had a good game after coming off injury. And this guy was like, what are you talking about? He was absolutely terrible. This, that, the other. And I remember looking at one of my coworkers and being like, what? And at the end of the day, that's who I respect. Like, 
I want to know that if I'm giving my opinion, it's one of my coworkers who are like, yeah, you know what? That's a good point. It's not some Joe Schmo in the upper stands doing it. Like at the end of the right. day, like people want people that want to take, that could take your job, have. quote unquote. Yeah. Like, obviously like I respect people's opinions. And if you give a valid point, I give you all the credit, but if you're just coming at me to come at me, like, no, yeah. like, find a hobby or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Now you so mentioned Rachel like, to argue for argue's sake. And yes. Uh, I usually find that if they have uh, no picture in their avatar or nope. if it's a dog Avi or a flag Avi, just don't even bother exactly. engaging with them whatsoever. Those three criteria in well, order that, to, the to guy avoid. that was giving me grief was one of those people. I think it was still like the egg. Yes. For the <laughs> I'm like, I, you're too scared enough to even like, put your face out there. How am I supposed to like respect that opinion? And 99 times out of a hundred, they're never going to say that to you, to your face. It's, exactly. it's always behind a keyboard and behind a computer screen. But you, you mentioned earlier that, that you, you really like Rachel Nichols. Are there any other women in sports broadcasting that you sort of admire and look up to? Oh yeah, definitely. I, I've always loved Katie Nolan. I was actually just listening yes. to her podcast yesterday. Sports. Um, <laughs> I love Sam Ponder just because she always stands her ground <laughs> always. And I just love how, especially when it comes to like faith, not that I have, I'm not the greatest when it comes to that, but she's just always so true to herself, which I admire. Um, it's funny because I've now been switching to following all these like basketball people, but I've always followed Cassidy Hubbard. I think yes. she's absolutely phenomenal. I saw her at summer league and I was just kind of like watching from a distance. I was like, <laughs> Like in my fangirling, a little bit of a fangirl. Like I fangirl over like media people, not athletes, which is which is funny. Doris Burke, yes, goat, yes, absolute goat. I mean, like Kristen Ledlow. Like I could honestly, I could go on about how many like amazing females there are just to like look up to. So, so switch switching into the I guess the the more negative side of things. What is one perception that that fans have about women in sports media that you want to just correct? Oof. or one stereotype that you think is just overplayed? You know, it's one thing, and I never really like to say it out loud, but you do tend to notice this a little bit more. At least I did at least like two years ago is how many, and I hated it, but how many blondes there were. <laughs> and it's not actually at one particular network. <laughs> I never like to point figures and be like, Oh, well she got the job because she's blonde. But there was a little bit of a while where there was like a trend where it was just always blonde. So, and you know me, like I've changed my hair color. <laughs> like I have been blonde and even just being blonde. And this is just an example. I typically, if I'm blonde, people are, are more approachable to me. <laughs> and I've even had a guy say, he was like, Oh, and I've even had girls say this. They're like, Oh, I thought you were, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but they're like, I thought you were like a bitch because you just like came off. Cause you had like this dark hair. I was like, what? <laughs> How does that even make any sense? But I, you see that I, unfortunately there is the stigma of being a girl. You have to be more considerate of how you look like one thing as I've gotten older and I've started thinking about it recently is, and I wish more people would start this conversation, especially among women in the industry is let's say you wanted to start a family. Mm -hmm. You don't ever see that conversation about how they kind of deal with that. So for me, basketball season, let's say I wanted to start a family. There's no way in hell I'm planning to, on getting pregnant, like, or giving birth during the season. Like you have to be so 
strategic about so many different things where guys don't have to worry about that. No, they don't. So I wish that's a conversation I would love to see more discussed because I think also as a female, you get worried like, oh gosh, like what if I start putting on weight? There's a younger girl right behind me who's eager and ready to take my job. Like, and that, 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 yeah, that, that's a great point because I, I instantly, I think back to Sam Ponder when she first got pregnant with her first child, she just had her third child, but when she was pregnant with her first child, she was traveling and, and still like taking her baby on the road, college game day, every single week, taking her baby on the road. And I thought that that was a really good eye opener that, yeah, you can work in sports media. And if you're at the top of your game, you can still bring your child along for the journey, but it's yeah. still, it's, it's a tough decision because I mean, obviously pregnancy would, would take a lot out of you energy wise and, and you know pregnancy brain and all that I mean it's 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 something that I, I haven't had to deal with yet and hopefully you know it's 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 down the line but yeah. it is something that creeps up in the back of your mind that you you have to make a choice especially in this field it's uh, one or the other it seems but maybe Sam Ponder changed that that stereotype and maybe more women will be able to do both but what is after, you know, you, you spent time at several different locations. So what is one thing that future you would tell your past self? Oof. Enjoy it. Just and instead of worrying about what's next, <laughs> enjoy it while you're in the moment. And I'm so bad about that. And I've recently gotten better, but I was just always like, I would go to work and be like, okay, I've been, I've been doing this job now for like a year and a half. Like what's next? Like, go, 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 go. Like I always, I need to be making that next move. And instead I didn't just enjoy it. Hmm. Like I didn't just like take in that moment of being like, wow, you know what? I wanted to be a sports reporter and I'm, I'm a sports reporter. Like what's the, what's the best part of the job? Game day. Yeah. Game day by far. Like, yeah, you get to do all these things like leading up to it. You get to do like these cool, like sit down one-on-one interviews, but there's nothing like game day. Like it's just the adrenaline And I think it kind of plays into when I used to play where you kind of get pumped up and you're like, all right, when you go live, that's it. Like it's one shot. There's no redoing it. And like, that's the thrill. Like I still black out when I uh, go live. Like I still like, will look back and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what I said. (laughs) I I get so excited and I'm so in the moment that I have to go back and be like, oh, okay. I actually made sense. Like I wasn't just... (laughs) word vomiting all over my head. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so what's uh, what's uh, one thing that you wish more fans knew about your job? How much work goes into it? I Not think, just show up and, and read stats, right? Yeah. Like, I think, don't get me wrong. It's a total dream job. And, but I think also a lot of, I, outside of how much work goes into it, you do lose your fandom. Hmm. You like, That's true. At least, like, at least for me, when I was covering college football, I was covering both Florida and Florida State. And I grew up loving Florida. But then I was covering Florida and Florida State, and then more so Florida State. And so I'm around Florida State all the time. I'm there for all their home games. You start interacting with coaches. You start interacting with players. And I remember Christy told me that my first well, as soon as I started working for her, she was like, you're going to lose your fandom because what's going to happen is you're going to start rooting for people and not teams, hmm. which happened. And then once I started covering high school football, seeing all these guys go to D1 schools, I'm like, oh, yes, like, like, I we want to see them succeed. And so now when I watch college football, like, I just enjoy it for what it is. It's not, oh, I hope 
don't get me wrong. Like I still love it when like Florida beats Florida state and hopefully that happens sometime soon. <laughs> but, um, I, I just, that's, I think the biggest thing is you do lose your fandom. How do you, do you, do you ever miss being a fan or, um, or is it more like being naive, I guess, back then? No, I still love being a fan. So that's the thing with, so I guess being like now specifically in NBA, you can now be fans of other teams and other yes. leagues. So for me, like now as a magic, I can just be a fan out of Orlando city game, which I did this past weekend. And it was a weird experience, but fun <laughs> nonetheless, like it was nice to just be able to sit there and like drink a beer. I was like, yes, this is so great. <laughs> it's the same thing when I go to Jaguars games, I'm like, Oh, this is so great. I can yell. I can be mad. Like, it's fun. Like I love being a fan. Yes. That, that is, uh, that's the, the number one reason why I haven't gotten more involved in sports broadcasting is because I just enjoy being a fan. I remember the first time I, I stepped into a press box and, and I heard like, you're not allowed to curse and you're not allowed to cheer. And I was like, well, what am I doing here? Like, this is yeah. not for me. Yeah. It's so. like, I think that's one, that's a misconception is like, people don't understand. Like when you go into a press box, like you said, like if you make, if the press box start making noise, they do a speaker announcement, like, please be quiet in the press box. Like, and you're just like, like, and you have to like be like excited under your breath. Like it's not, it's not easy. I, I, not easy. you're a better person than me. Cause I, I wouldn't be able to do it. It would have to kick me out. <laughs> so for, I, I guess, you know, women, obviously they're, they're, they're coming into the industry more and more. So if a young woman is looking to get into the industry, what's the number one piece of advice that you would give her? What I always tell people, and this is how I've gotten, three jobs is every day I would go on LinkedIn and I would add about 50 people in the industry. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly, that's how I got my job at Orlando city. That's how I got uh, my job at ESPN wide world of sports. Cause I do stuff for them freelance. That's how I got a job in New York two years ago, covering the euros for a month was that's just awesome. by, by just honestly, and people don't ever think about it because networking it's all, that's all. That's so much of what it is, is I was just, because what people do out of curiosity, if your name pops up and you're like, oh, sports reporter, people are naturally curious and they're going to be like, oh, I wonder what she does. So it's one, you have to have a strong profile <laughs> to begin with, but it's honestly just adding people because at the end of the day, you never know. Like I was never writing messages like, hey, like let's connect. Like I just did the general whatever, but people are curious, especially like you never know if like a company's even looking. So when I did, right. So when the whole soccer thing happened, and I went to New York for a month. I had no idea that they were looking for somebody. It's just the fact that I added someone from the company. And then later that day, I got a message like, hey, we're actually looking for a host for the Euros. Like, you cover soccer because you work for Orlando City. Like, would you be interested in talking? I was like, smart. Yeah. Like, smart. <laughs> like, you just, you don't know. And the same thing with Orlando City. I was working at ESPN Wide World Sports in Disney realized Orlando City was like even a thing because I had been living in Jacksonville unfortunately like that Orlando City was like even a thing because they were still in their first year of MLS and I just started adding people from Orlando City and the guy who was the producer at the time was like hey like do you know anything about soccer I was like I played soccer like in high school so nice was that and yeah Oh, that's awesome. That That's the, yeah, I've never heard that tip before, but that is really good perspective. So for anybody's out there trying to look for a job, get your hustle on with LinkedIn. I didn't even realize that, but that's brilliant. 
Yeah. So, uh, well, in that, that's about all the questions that I had for you is it, what you got coming up in the, in, in the coming months, uh, where can people find more of your work? Yeah. So let's see, I know the first, so we have inside the magic shows on Fox sports, Florida, I believe our first episode, which is like a summer special that airs, I believe on August 16th. Fox Sports Florida, Inside the Magic. So it's just about kind of like the draft and summer league, doing all that stuff. Um, I know right now it's a little bit slow. I think we're all just trying to enjoy yes. <laughs> the calm before the storm. So like I'm going on vacation this weekend just to try to, I told my boyfriend, I was like, this is our last vacation until like May of next year. <laughs> just, that's if the Magic don't make NBA playoffs, which who knows. But um yeah, just trying to do that. We have, I have, I actually get to go to Paris next weekend. Oh, sweet. So, yeah. So the Magic are actually sending me to Paris to do an Inside the Magic special on one of our players. That's a good part of the job. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like it is. Like it's one thing, like you travel a lot and like it can get exhausting. But right now, like I'm not married. I don't have kids. Like take enjoy me it. Yes. So and, yeah, right now it's like a little bit of a slow season for the Magic, but Inside the Magic episode. August 16th, they'll hold me to that. I'm almost 95% sure. And then media day starts September 25th. And then that's when the ball really just gets rolling for well, awesome. it's magic. Oh, oh that, 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 it's awesome to hear. It's been, it's been great to follow along your, your journey from 1010 to Orlando city to now with, with the magic and, and, and with your hustle already in intact, I, the, the, obviously the sky's the limit. It's a little cliche to say, but sky's the limit, especially if you keep hustling like, like you have. And I really appreciate you joining us. Uh, for those who are just tuning in or, or just catching this video, be sure to check out Void the Mag sports issue. It drops September 1st and you can catch more of Mackenzie's work and I'll link to all of it here in the description. So thank you so much, Mackenzie. Thank you so much, Blair. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Hopefully you enjoyed that interview with Mackenzie. And if you're not already, be sure to subscribe to the Guys Girl Media podcast and YouTube channel so you don't miss any of our football season content, along with some bonus material all throughout the season, including more interviews like this. Until next time, this is your girl Blythe signing off and be sure to pick up Void's Sports September issue available locally in Jacksonville at newsstands all over town.